Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show, another episode of Dark Rhino Security Confidential. Today, we are honored to have Karen Huff back. She joined us eight or nine episodes ago, and she is gracing us with her presence again. Uh, and for those of you that uh, may not recall, uh, but Karen is uh, quite special. She is the founder and CEO of Improv Edge. She, and Improv Edge creates business training with an improv twist. And this is a lot going to be about improvisation, so this should be interesting. Uh, but she is in the top 1% of women-owned businesses in the U.S. And she's an Amazon number one best-selling author, recipient of the Silver Stevie Award for Most Innovative Business of the Year, and won both the WNBA Inspiring Women Award and the WBENC Pitch Pivot Grand Prize. She is a philanthropist, Yale grad, avid hiker, and lives in Ohio with her husband and three children. Her books include The Improvisation Edge, Secrets to Building Trust and Radical Collaboration at Work, Be the Best Presenter Ever, Break the Rules, Make Mistakes and Win Them Over, and Go With It, Embrace the Unexpected to Drive Change. She is also the creator of the Yes Deck, a deck of cards packed with business tips. Thank you for joining us, Karen. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Manoj. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> yeah, and this time we and this time we have some company. I see. I know we've been chatting. Yeah, we have uh, my partner Tyler Smith uh, joining us, Please. and our newly promoted uh, manager of operations, Jordan Grams, on the line. And both. And they seem to be nothing but trouble if, if, if uh, our initial chatting is, is any indication. So <laughs> they are nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be OK. We're not bad. We're fine. I don't know about that. They're they're both uh, ex-military veterans. So, uh, you know, thanks for your service, guys. And thank you for your service. Thank you so much. And uh, I think that's had a bad influence on them because I, I just <laughs> improvisation is something Tyler you did for a living actually I, I we won't talk much about the field work but I think uh you know Karen's all about improv and man your line of work way back when was a lot of improvisation I would imagine it was it was <laughs> So, uh, Karen, you know, last time when we got together, we talked about resiliency and improvisation and how to leverage those things to make uh, a better company culture, be happier, uh, have better health, all these wonderful things. So I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I'd love to do last time I was the only person that was experimented on. I, I would like to try right. some of these techniques here with these guys too, because I can tell you, oh I, I think I'd love to do the, the yes and oh experiment boy. with them, do a little improv role if you don't mind. And before we even go there, I guess, let's talk about the yes space and whatnot. Give us a little intro here. Sure, sure. And, and by the way, we can also play a different game. Okay. We, we already did that with you, right? Uh, so you know, when, when you tell Marines that you have games to play, <laughs> we we know what that means. And that, are, are no. we going on like a 20-mile ruck for no yeah. reason? Yeah. Yes, okay. In a, in a way, in a way. Yeah. We can, I, I, we can play no. games too, remember that. 
Just give me a little advance notice. Um, yeah, so so I absolutely know that the two gentlemen who join us must understand improvisation because from an artistic standpoint, improv is the art form where about five or six actors come on stage and we have no script. We have no props. We have no costumes. I was lucky enough to be trained and I performed with the Second City oh. in Chicago and I went on to start my own improv troops. I had a fabulous acting career. It was, it was my first of many careers, at least three. And um, it allowed me to understand that as long as you have your team, as long as you have what we call your ensemble or your troupe, you're going to be fine because you don't know what's going to happen next. You have no idea how the audience will react and you have a general guideline for how to do this really well. And then you trust the people on stage with you to, to catch you. If you fall to make it better, you don't even have to have the whole answer. You've just got to bring one block. And that's sort of the yes. And we, we call it yes space and building blocks. Okay. And the foundational principle of improv is yes. And in other words, if one of you, gives me something on stage like you say hey hey karen we're astronauts my job is to say first of all yes we're astronauts and and i think the reason that that's so meaningful for the corporations we work with and we also by the way work with a lot of government entities like the department of commerce and the u.s army okay. it's it's an incredible honor to get to work with those with those groups and the department of defense as a matter well, of fact, fact I, i'm going to sidetrack you real quick what are you doing for the u.s army are, are, do they have an improv troupe well or what she could tell you but she'd have to kill you remember i told you I mean, we have games the same thing jordan um <laughs> and, and, and right so so well i mean what we're doing with them is Improv, in its essence, can change professional behavior for the better. So, right, although we're business training with an improv twist, we not only use improv, but we marry it with psychology and neuroscience. We've been doing this work for 20 years with um, all sorts of organizations. And, and by marrying that, those ideas behind the why this matters, people can then go, oh, I see, apply it to their work. Because as Tyler was saying, especially you you guys were in the field, right? So just as I said, you probably had a very clear set of guidelines. You knew how to operate. And I can't imagine there had to be days you had no idea what was going to happen next. And with the trust in the team around you and those guidelines, you improvise every single second. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you would have like an operation order uh and you know sand table everything and you know how it's supposed to go um, right and then and then reality hits and you know yeah we yeah. The, the marine corps would call that adapting and overcoming right it, it's really the same principle but it's interesting in what you say karen because i also think back so it, much like you right in my early days of college, my early stat studies were in jazz. Oh, that's uh, that's jazz exactly it, right? Yeah. Expert, jazz, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, and I, I think back to your yes and uh, you know description of the process, right? And and I think back to uh, you know when when I first went to college, one of the things that they had us do uh, in the first week of school for jazz improv was learning to. They would put us on stage with a, with another musician, right? Often of a, a different instrument on strategically, right? And they wanted us to learn to feed off of that. So, okay, I'm sitting here listening to you improvise over this, you know, this, this set of, uh, 
cords and whatnot, whatever's put yeah. in front of us, right? We have that guide, the foundation, right? And then we can just freely improv off of that. But the thing is, is that what they wanted us to learn was, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm shutting my eyes. Okay, so he just did this. Okay, yes, I hear that. I'm going to incorporate that. And I'm going to add some embellishment on top of that, right? Yes, so it's really interesting and, you say that. You know, a lot Ornette of things come to mind there. That jazz is just ripping on your mistakes. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yes. And, and, and I love so, Ornette in addition, yep. <laughs> as I think about did you call it a sand table, Tyler? Where, uh, yeah. where you, mm -hmm. yep. you probably set it up in advance, right? We did mm -hmm. the same thing. I mean, I have to say the scariest thing I ever did, had to do was walk out in front of a drunk audience. I, again, my, my admiration <laughs> and gratitude for what you guys have We did that every day in the course. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> drunk audiences were there every day, anywhere from 7.30 in the morning to close the business. I bet... I bet you two have experienced the same thing. I will tell you, um, the minute that, that this pandemic started, that everything started to go crazy, I would say the depth and richness of the conversations I was having with business leaders all over the world hadn't been that meaningful probably since the 2008-2009 uh, recession, because suddenly this analogy mm -hmm. of having to to figure it out and utterly the last thing you ever thought would happen happens and you have to be positive and flexible in the face of all of this uh was so meaningful to them and, and i think that that's why we've been able to serve our clients so yeah. well uh throughout this and, and i bet that there are times you tell a story where somebody goes oh i get it now right oh yeah well it's one of those things too where we internally you know a lot of our you know, right. a lot of our yeah. pitch to our markets is being proactive, right? And if you're not proactive, it's, you know, listening to what you're saying, Karen, it's one of those things where, you know, just a general, you know, for me as a, you know, a 31 year old guy, you know, it's, it's just a general life lesson for me, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, mom and dad always told me to prepare for this, but then I ignored it. Then when the time mm -hmm. comes, I don't know what I, what I have, you know, what to do. So, you know, I, I have to improv, but the thing is, I don't have that foundation to improv from. So I think that's kind of what you're saying, you know, so if you would listen and be proactive, you know, that's one of those things where you can get ahead of things and be prepared for any, you know, and listening to you talk, Karen, it sounds like everything you do is very agnostic. It's very, uh -huh. you know, it can be applied to anything and any, any challenge that comes your way. Right. It's just like the way right. you think almost, right. It's a, it's a mindset and, you know, and being my, able to uh, adapt and, yeah, improv and make something interesting out of nothing. thing for me, uh, is the resilience aspects of this because using improv to build resilience. I mean, we are in the business of selling resilience at, at in a different context, but that's essentially what cybersecurity is. You're helping a company become much more resilient, but there is a uh, approach to people that needs to be meaningful to them and it needs to make sense uh, as to that's what differentiates us is the way we execute and um, to get to that resilience. And I think um, if they're, you know, from a business leader perspective, if improv, utilizing improv or bringing improv in um, in a more formal way into the company and getting that's an oxymoron formal improv, but, uh, you know, bringing that in, uh, you know, bringing that into the company so that people become much more comfortable with being themselves. I think 
adds a lot to our own differentiation. Mm-hmm. Right. Go and ahead. Manoj, if I may, I actually kind of have a question to direct to Karen here. So Karen, how would you address, so just listening to you speak about, you know, the, the specific and the more granular details of what you do, right? So when you start talking to me about improv, improv okay, so yeah. let's obviously looking at the business context here, right? Uh, so, you know, so let's take COVID-19, you know, prime example. So COVID hits, impacts, shuts businesses down. Now they have to improv, right? They, you know, they, they've got to figure it out. Okay. So to me, my mind instantly shifts to leadership because this is heavy on decision makers, right? Because in order to improv, you have to have people who, you have to have people in place to make the decisions, but more importantly, you have to have quality leadership in place. Because if you don't have quality leaders, the decisions that come from the improvised approach could be detrimental, right? So how do you approach, I mean, are you trying to get everybody in the organization to improv? I mean, are, are you focused on just the, the key stakeholders and leaders of an organization to make those decisions? Or is it a, a hybrid solution of everybody top to bottom, you know, and you just kind of get the path forward based yes. on opinions. Okay. What's your approach here? What's your method? <laughs> yeah, yes. everything you said, everything that you said. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, from a cultural standpoint, we, we work with a lot of organizations to look at their culture and we marry improv with the, maybe the mission and vision that they already have in place. And uh, you asked, okay, Jordan, I don't know anybody okay. else. You asked a lot of questions in that one. So yes, we work, we work, throughout the organization. And I would say probably some of our more successful work is when we begin with the leadership, right? Right, kind of how it has to be, right? Because you gotta have the decision makers. But so I guess my question is, and right, and, and maybe I'm taking this down a negative path, but I'm genuinely curious, right? What happens if the folks improvising with the decision- It's called a train wreck, man making the right uh, decisions no. no okay go ahead yeah that, that's a train wreck oh, but how do you, that, how do you correct right. that it is called a train wreck and it's called oops to eureka so the fourth principle that we trademarked with warden is oops to eureka right so the idea is number one mistakes happen and in the artistic world they happen all the time right right so so they happen on stage mm-hmm. things mess up And the key is not to shove them under the the rug or try to act like it didn't happen. We call it acknowledge it, deal with it, move on. And that's even a section in one of my Mm -hmm. books, I think. Um, But the idea is that if they are courageous and flexible and vulnerable enough to say, wow, that was the wrong decision, or that's not the way that we thought it would Mm -hmm. happen, or this isn't an unexpected occurrence, acknowledging it is the number one sort of cool, courageous thing a leader can do. And then the second thing they have to do is deal with it. And finally, when it's, and sometimes dealing with it could take two years, (laughs) who knows, right? Right. It takes two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a skill in and of itself that I've learned, Karen, you know, in my young professional career, you know, as, as a leader, you have to have the, you know, the the Marine Corps taught me a lot of this, but I've also learned a lot of this post, uh, post military service is that, Strong leadership has to have the ability to, first of all, admit that you were wrong, right? And secondly, you have to have the, like you said, the ability to, to go back and fix it. You know, so I think back to my, my jazz uh, improv an- analogy, you know, it's, you know, if I'm blowing along and I miss a chord change, yeah. 
you know, I, I can't just quit playing. You know, I, I got to keep going. I've got to fill the space. I'm standing here. I am with all these people making me really uncomfortable lights on me. And now I look like an idiot because I blew a C sharp nine, you know, a sharp nine over a flat seven chord. You know, I guarantee you nobody terrible, even right? noticed Ugh, it. I think that's right. But I got to keep going. You know, a lot, right? a lot so, of these mistakes, people don't even, they don't even yeah, surface. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's only in- if, if you work into it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, I yeah. bet too that that um, both you and Tyler and Manoj, you know, we've, we've been through enough of our lives to know that mistakes are opportunities. It just depends on how you choose to respond. It very much yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yes. It took me a while to learn that. And so it, that's, yes, this, absolutely. Um, this entire situation globally is so difficult. And yet we continue to see what we call silver linings of opportunities to, to thrive or make a new product or, for example, just be kind, to be philanthropic, to be a greater member of the community, whatever it is. Um, I mean, Manoj, what, what has Dark Rhino found in, during in, this? In, oh, oh. During this, while marketing is certainly well, I, ratcheted up. No, I'll, I'll tell you, there's well, a couple things. Um, we think that remote is going to be the way forward. We've learned that you don't really have to be in the office to be in the office, if you will. Right? Uh, is there going to be a place for brick and mortar? Sure, there is, but and there's some functions in our company that absolutely require people to be on site and that's just the way they're going to be because we can't let people access client data from their home networks that's not going to work um but uh, by and large i think there's a there's a shift in culture that's going to take place and i think there um is a change in efficiency that goes along with that because uh, and a change in um shall we say uh you know, respect uh, for the team members because you have to trust that they are doing the right things at the right time. Uh, they're not in front of you all the time, right? So mm-hmm. we we have we have seen that. You know, in many respects, um, it's been a good thing. Uh, the way we our sales and marketing program has completely been turned upside down because we were very face to face. Uh, very relationship based, right? And and for obvious reasons, we're not able to do that anymore. So we have to do a different kind of outreach. And this uh, show is a great example of it. You know, uh, you know, we're four years young, and this is the first year that we're aggressively doing these kinds of digital outreaches. It's a it's a necessity. Yeah, we we're doing a ton of work on the future of work. I have a lot of opinions about it. Please share. Please share. I want to hear this. Yeah. Tyler, before I'm really curious to hear this as well. Any thoughts? Any guesses? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that uh, remote work will probably be a big central uh, theme to it, possibly. Yeah. Now, your dad, Tyler, your dad was in the commercial real estate business. Does he have any? insights on that i'm just this totally off topic but i i I... (laughs) he's very glad that he uh he sold his company and retired (laughs) um not to i I mean i you know i don't want to ruin anybody's outlook on things but yeah he's he's not painting a rosy picture of of it uh a lot of opportunity is going to come out of this (laughs) 
but what that's going to be exactly, I guess we'll we'll see. And, and you know, in some ways, Karen, it's been a rebalancing of life. Well, I mean, I, look right here, Tyler. I, I mean, there's yeah. some things that have been really good about it. Like, um, I I think as a family, we're getting together more mm-hmm. because they can't go out as much. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a separate story. Oh, well, unless you marry a nurse. Look, nothing oh, helps you. bad decisions, Jordan. I mean, there's just, you know, you got to improv your way through it. But that's. Hey, I you made know, the bad decision. He she listens to one. this or she's watching. You're, you're in you're deep in trouble if she listens oh, man. to this, man. Mm-hmm. She won't. Mm-hmm. She, she won't listen to this. So, you hope. So, Karen, enlighten <laughs> us a little bit. I, I'm curious on your take on what the I future hope. of work looks like here. <laughs> Sure. So I, I was actually writing down the, the topic of a blog, but you just gave me an idea. So I'll, I'll do that next. But my, my year end blog post was just around um, my concern uh, for the mental state of people across the world is probably at the highest it's been in a very, very long time. When I have the same conversations with people on three continents, around their stress, the leakage of work into their lives, the overwhelm, the lack of self-care is is incredibly concerning. And um, we're already having, luckily the organizations that, that saw it early are saying, okay, t- time out, we've got to fix this. So for example, in the future of work, before when we were in largely brick and mortars, leaders could lead groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they were all in the same space. They, they dressed appropriately for the office. They were working in pods. They interacted in the same ways. Okay. So, and, and they might have a few people with some remote stuff. Now leaders have to manage individuals. So the leaders that are really struggling are the ones that are expecting people to work exactly the same way they did in the office, or they have not spent enough time understanding each individual need of the people because you know, I, I'm so lucky. My kids are older. I don't have little ones at home. And and this crisis of dealing with young children and their education and being at home and trying to work and be productive is unbelievably difficult and stressful. Oh, it's a, I, and not, both uh, Jordan and I have little ones. I have a six-year-old. Jordan okay. has a two-year-old. And, 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 and you're absolutely right because our in our case, my son's school was canceled. And now, uh, usually he's screaming while this podcast is going on, right? That he wants something. <laughs> Congratulations. You got him on. Yeah. Well, and like, and like you say, Karen, I mean, my wife and I were just talking about that last night, you know, about, you know, we, we just posed the question, you know, what, what we think the likelihood of our daughter even experiencing traditional school will be, you know, and, and I, I hope it stays, you know, good, you know, as far as the possibility, but you know, at the same time, we just don't know, you know, and I think that's a lot of the, personally, I think that's a lot of where that stress that you're, you're mentioning comes from is just the unknown variables, right? People don't know. And uh, I was speaking to a a pool of veterans. Uh, There's a local group here in Columbus. Well, they're nationwide, but the local chapter, uh, it's called Team RWB. Um, It's a military veteran, free military veteran organization. And a lot of these families, they just don't know the future, you know, especially the ones who work in really impacted industries like, you know, construction and, you know, it seems like yeah. a lot of construction has been really impactful. I'm to derail you there, Karen, but you were saying. It's yeah. interesting to hear your thoughts, though, with your perspective. Virtual before, I know the family situations for all my staff. Yeah. 
I know that some of them don't work exactly normal business hours. They get the, as long as they get the job done right now, if they are also tied to serving clients, mm -hmm. we also have to make accommodations for them or find ways to, to support them and help them so they can be available, you know, eight to five, eight to six. Right. Um, we also have issues with time zones. So, I mean, we, we've served the Middle East and Sub-Saharan Africa. So I have people on the West Coast that have to be working at 3.30 some days. So therefore, I've got to be very understanding when they need to sleep in on a few days after that, right? right? Yep. Uh, so, you know, Karen, is, that, is, is there a shift there? You know, you always hear that old adage of uh, out of sight uh, is out of mind kind of a thing, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. that's used quite a bit. And that's become somewhat of the norm with your team members now. I mean, a lot of folks are yeah. out of sight. I, and I know that like in our case, we have team members that get up at four in the morning, like you're describing. There's some people that are working late into the evening, um, yeah. but it's not that visible, you know, because you're not, they're not in the office or they're, right. or, or you're not there. So there needs to be a shift in thought there. Of if you don't see people, it doesn't mean that they're not mm -hmm. working yeah. or they're not. Right. You nailed it because also human connection has never been more important. And here's the thing, the gold standard, is being in a room with another person. We, we know that at Improv Edge, so when our trainers can someday be in the room with people again, that is absolutely, there's nothing that replaces it. Now, the, the next standard is virtual with, with being able to see each other and making sure that we're not demanding that people do that all the time because it's mentally exhausting, but, but that that's next. And then um, when people are out of sight, out of mind, Manoj, uh, Gallup did a fantastic poll back in June, and by the way, it's only increased since then, that employees want more one-on-one -on -one time with their managers. They're, yeah. they're really feeling out to sea, and also they want more get-togethers virtually with their teams because they miss each other. I mean, think about all the, you know, when you're when you're the first two to get to the conference room or the first two to get to the to the building site or whatever, and you're chatting and you're like pouring coffee, all that is gone. And so those critical social connections, which make us more resilient and healthy mm -hmm. and help us understand and trust our team members uh, are, are, are sort of disintegrating. So we have to work. And here's the thing for everybody listening. Okay. It is your job and it is our job to spend that time chatting. I know it sounds so silly, but again, I have research. I'm not even going to go into it. I have piles of research that prove when you know that your colleague has a cat and uh, a, a little son and loves to play soccer, all that stuff, believe it or not, affects business outcomes significantly. Really? Because they create commonalities. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, you know what this, so uh, we've had comments. So we have this standing call that we do uh, three days a week. Right. Yep. And, and there's some people and I, I, and I was insistent upon it. It used to be five days a week, but we cut it back because some people just cried. It's a little, yeah, they, they yeah. cried. But what you're just talking about the intent of it, well, we do a lot of things on it now, but the original intent was to do what you're saying is just chat, get together, you know, get mm -hmm. together. We're like, well, we don't need to talk. We got to mm -hmm. No, The thing is that, yeah, you, that's the, the team needs to know about the team and the team needs to know that yeah. they are still a team, even though that they are remote. So even if for 15 minutes, that's all we're right. asking for is 15 minutes of undivided attention. 
Um, I would imagine if people can't give that, then maybe there's something else that needs to be discussed. But, you know, but 15, but I think it, uh, to me, it helps. Uh, yeah, if well, nothing else, yeah. I know everyone's getting to me, together. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's it, it, like you said, you know, and like Karen saying, and just piggybacking off of both of you, you know, it's, it's out of sight, but it's never out of mind. And I think that's the key, right? So, you know, Tyler's working remotely, really? you know, and, and but I'm never out of his mind. You know, if he, if I don't do something, <laughs> yep. he's going to figure it out. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think about Tyler all the time. And, uh, you know, but it goes for all of us, you know, and I think that's one of the interesting things that we have here is that, you know, even though, you know, I'll pick up the phone and just call the, the guys and, and the gals on, on a whim and just say, hey, how you doing? You know, it's it's kind of the culture we've created. But, Karen, that, that's evolved you know, from not being able to see each other. And you're absolutely right. You know, that those interactions, you know, we, being out like prime example, the coffee machine, you know, every morning, you know, cause my, my office uh, here in the, the brick and mortar location mm -hmm. uh, is right next to the coffee machine. And that that's strategic by the way. And, uh, and then, you know, and every morning when folks would come in and get their coffee, that was my time. Hey Vince, how you doing? Hey Tyler, how you doing? Manoj comes in, I don't say anything cause I don't like him. But that's just Kevin the way it in, is, you know? you know. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? I'm messing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, it's all good. But I'm it, messing it, with you. Now. I guess, you know, a uh, question that comes to mind, Karen, and with all the research that you have, what about virtual exhaustion? Are you, you seeing that? Can we talk? We talked a little bit about that last time, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's actually getting a little bit worse. Uh, and uh in, in the blog i just i normally like talk about trends and the next year and i was so concerned that my year in blog is literally just about what to stop and what to start and and stopping is uh we we have got to start setting boundaries because i i know this you can't believe this but people i'll talk to it's noon they haven't eaten they've been up since six they went straight to their work they haven't combed their hair right i mean mm -hmm. I, Physically and mentally, there is no way we can sustain this. Um, so, for example, starting to set boundaries like have lunch, get up from your desk, walk away, turn everything off, and have lunch. And also, when you turn it, yes. finding, I, I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, I just have to hang on till we go back to the office. Maybe not dealing with their working space so that it's comfortable, so that it's healthy, so that it's well lit, so that it's semi quiet. I mean, or or having the ability to move around. Um, Twenty five fifty five is a big thing that we that we lean on. So if you set a thirty minute meeting, okay. it is up to the leadership to end that meeting at twenty five minutes, so that everybody gets up, uses the restroom, or gets a coffee or mm -hmm. whatever they need. If it's a sixty minute meeting, and again, if it's not driven by leadership. It's not going to happen because everybody's going back to back to back to back. And all of a sudden you've been sitting here for seven hours. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, yep. and that's incredibly fatiguing and it's not good for your body right. uh, or mentally. Right. No. And, no. And all of them, when all of them are, are video right. calls, of course we love video calls for our training and we have everybody come on because we're doing serious interaction. We're doing very, very critical collaboration, but number one, not everything needs to be a meeting. If you're just sharing information, that's an email. And and it you don't just because you know people are there doesn't mean you should include them in every meeting. We've got to cut down on that. And also, if you look out and you got a four o'clock with one other person, why don't you call up and say, hey, you know what? Let's both of us put in our Bluetooth and take a walk around the block and talk this through instead of sitting at our desk for another hour 
looking at a screen, right? Let's let's both of us do something healthy for ourselves. So finding different ways to just change this up for yourself and your colleagues. Yeah. See, Karen, I love that because, you know, as I really do, because, you know, it's so factual, you know, uh, people will, if you're, if you're a good leader, people will follow you. Right. And, and, you know, your leadership, you know, I look at mine, you know, but if my leadership, my leadership keeps pressing, excuse me, you know, they, they keep going, you know, but as leaders, it's important that we're aware of what our people are going through and always remain conscious about that. Because if we don't stop for the pause, they're going to keep pressing. Right. And they're going to get exhausted. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we could aim this at so many different examples, you know, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether, you know, so that's that's really good. uh, Yeah. If you don't make people stop, they will keep going. And, and I, this is something that I saw, you know, working, on remote projects, um, like years ago, I'd be doing firewall installs for somebody in Massachusetts from Ohio and I'm working remotely. And I realized that I would work till like eight at night. (laughs) And, and it's because I wasn't working with the team locally. So there was nobody to sit there and go, Hey, let's, uh, go home and sleep or something. Yeah. And, and without that, without that. Tyler, real quick, tell the story about your three or four day feed on duty. Well, so, so just keep it to three minutes. Yeah. (laughs) This is a perfect example of what uh, Karen's saying. I was on duty for about three days continuously. (laughs) So the duty non-commissioned officer, the duty NCO, uh, I was posted on, I think it was Friday, and I wasn't relieved until Sunday night. And it's a a 24-hour post is what it's supposed to be. So you've got an A duty that helps you so you can, like, eat and sleep and stuff. Um, but otherwise you're the one in charge. So you're the representative of the commander while he's away. And so, so for whatever reason, yeah, so you're responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen in the company area, uh, during that time. So I, uh, whatever, whatever, I don't even know what ended up happening. I didn't even really bother to find out because I just knew it would make me more angry if it was something really trivial. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I ended up being left at, on that post for almost three full days. And uh, it's stressful. And nobody came to relieve me. And finally, this uh, officer of the day comes by to check on us, the OOD. And <laughs> And he looks at me and he starts to yell at me because, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of disheveled looking like my uniform isn't freshly pressed anymore. It's, it's uh seven 30 in the morning, you know, I, my boots aren't quite shined and, uh, and he's, you know, he's starting to yell at me and, and he, he kind of realized like something isn't right. He's like, Marine, what, what is going on with you? And, and I told him, I'm like, sir, I, still waiting to be relieved. I can't get a hold of anybody, uh, in my chain of command. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, so, so right. 
like what you were supposed to be relieved at four and i was like well uh zero six yesterday uh and he's like oh it's actually that's horrible it's so horrible that i laughed it's so horrible. well i mean like, it was I, hilarious i mean there's so Honestly, much for military organization. That tornado, no, don't, that don't, image don't, for me completely. It's not that bad, Karen. It, it, it did. It, it did. It, it truly but, builds you know, character. Let's take, and, let's take this example it for it's a character second. Building. Let's talk about it. So no, but, this leads to managing up, right? I mean, how do you how do you manage up? This is, this is Well, this was before yes. the time of where everybody had a cell phone. So it wasn't I was calling home phones numbers that I had in the directory and nobody was answering. So uh well, managing yes. up also requires a lot of improv. You have to calculate and calibrate how do I improv person. in a way that will make yeah. sense. So Specifically you worked with a lot of colonels and generals. Person. What was uh it seems to me like a crowd that's got probably big in the ego department there. How? No, no. Really? Really? Yeah. They're easy. Yeah. No, they're easy. The the higher yep. the rank, the easier. Yep. Yeah, they, they will follow you. Yeah, they will follow you every time. If, if I go to a general and I say, sir, this is a problem and here's why, he or she is going to follow with what I'm saying and they're going to fix it. The problem lies in... The, the go go for it, man. Should I spill the power? Management. <laughs> the the problem lies in the mid level management because it's the so in the military it's the the <laughs> folks who I, I'm completely released now so I can talk about this. It's it's the folks who have something to prove to reach the next rank. So it's those. So in the military on the enlisted side, you've got E one to E nine, right? So it's the E6s and E7s that you have to really take that calibrated approach with. How do I put this in the exact words that this individual mm -hmm. wants to hear to get my point across, right? I can't improv with them. It has to be very calculated. Whereas with once I get above them, right? And, and the high, so officer, like the O1, let's not even talk about O1s, but like the O2s to like O4s, majors can be a little difficult to some colonels can but generally speaking once you get the colonel super easy to deal with i mean these guys and gals you can just they'll follow you like i said they will let you lead them as long as you are confident all right so i think we should play an improv game okay right. i'm up for it please what are you going to make all us right, do so, karen <laughs> so one of you needs to volunteer to play the game with me tyler okay maybe? okay yeah right. yep. go ahead let's, let's do tyler this. do this Okay, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to answer all the questions that are that are burning your minds. Okay, I wish we so we got to do this with a live audience next time, Manoj. Okay? Oh, we're, we're, so, we're working, y'all. Did you? Working on it? <laughs> okay, this is going to be scary. We will. Tyler, you and I are two-headed <laughs> experts. Okay, so this is a game that we play live. It is a classic improv game, and we also play it virtually, and it, it helps us to collaborate together. Okay, right. and listen. Okay. So you and I are the expert. We are going to answer any questions that these two can throw at us. Oh, Absolutely anything. Nice. Right? You want to know why? Why? Because we're the expert. We know yeah. everything. Right. All right? We know everything. I love this. Now, exactly. And and the way that we answer these questions, <laughs> this is my everyday life. <laughs> so, How's this a game? 
I'm going to say the first word of our answer. I'm messing. You're going to say the second. <laughs> I'm going to say the third. You're going to say the fourth. One word at a time. Okay. Get it? Yep. Okay. So here's the thing. We have to, you know, answer the question and put together a mostly grammatical sentence. However, the answer does not have to be technically correct at all because Perfect. we're the expert. We're the expert goes. So if one of these yahoos says, what's the foundational principle of astrophysics? I mean, somebody always tries to throw you off. You can say the foundational principle of astrophysics is blueberry pie, right? So we, we won because we answered the question. We made a sentence. Boom. Boom. And it doesn't yeah. matter okay. if you're like right this. or wrong. It, 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 the, the answer doesn't material. Does not have to be correct it just has to follow the rules so the so just like normal right is <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> just like just like every day okay exactly got it okay so, so we're just gonna ask the first question but you and i are first gonna warm up okay so we're gonna say <clears throat> i'm the two-headed expert or something like that okay so i am the two headed expert do you have a question Yes. Okay. You guys warmed up? All right. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Okay. So ask a question. Jordan, go ahead. Jordan, kick us off. <laughs> You're taking too long. Hmm. I'm going to ask. What is the, what is the, what is the impact that improv can have on improv a business's can. effectiveness? have the most impact when you implement it with a big jar <laughs> a oh wait wait we we one <laughs> one one word at a time Tyler okay, math for marines a <laughs> big jar of gummy bears so you can distribute it to everyone <laughs> you know actually gummy bears sound nice right about i could go for a gummy bear man i i know i was just thinking that's all right <laughs> Why was there nobody in the sock yesterday, Tyler? There was no one in the sock yesterday because Kevin didn't think about bringing a Sledgehammer to open the door. Ha! Boom. <laughs> we'll put the sound effect in. Everybody, go, yay! And we'll put the sound effect in. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, so, Tyler, tell me what it was like to play that game with me. What happened? Um, you, you know, like very quickly, you had to search for. 
you had to kind of visual. I had to kind of visualize like where it might be going, uh, and and then just grab a possibility out of the air and go with it. Right. So I know you were trying to figure out where it was going to go, but did you get surprised by some of the words that that happened? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the point, right? <laughs> it's because I think people have, and, and me too, I can't help it. There were words I wanted you to say next, and you never gave me the word I expected, <laughs> which, right, for a lot of people is really, it throws them off a lot, and yeah. they, they can't stand in a sense giving up control to play the game. Right. Um, so it's very much about about collaborating with vulnerability and that lack of control and also listening. Mm -hmm. So let me go to my audience. Okay. So Jordan and Manoj, what was it like to watch the game? I think, I think train wreck was used earlier. I was on pins and needles. I, but, but here, here's the interesting thing. So I knew, so the second question, especially I knew where Tyler was trying to take that. Right. I, I knew where I think I know factually where Tyler was trying to lead right, that. Right, and it doesn't, but and it didn't there's other there. things that people really get, actually, yeah. the one, the one two-headed expert in my career that completely disintegrated and fell apart was because one of the people was a golf pro okay. on stage and they were on stage in front of all their colleagues, right? And I had, I even stopped them and reminded them you don't have to make sense, but they were so tied into being right, mm -hmm. which is a lesson in and of itself, right? Yeah. Are we so connected to, it's gotta be right. It's gotta be my way, or it's gotta be what I think is right, that they couldn't play the game. So, you know, to Tyler's credit, he was able to just go, okay, it's a game. And he started to go a different direction, but I, I didn't know what the answer was. So yeah. he yeah. collaborated with me and you know what? came I, up with a funny thing. I was forced yeah. to listen because I had to give up uh, a preconceived yeah. out uh, notion of what the answer might be. When I asked my question, I, I'm with you, Jordan. I I know what, there was an answer that I thought it was going to be, and Karen completely derailed it. Uh, and and but that what that did was yeah, it actually increased it. my attention. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That was why when you asked that, yeah, I was oh, absolutely. like, "This is going to be yeah. great." Because I, because I knew that you guys would would immediately have an idea oh, yeah, we of what I was going that's to say. That's so common when we go and ask yeah. people questions, Tyler. <laughs> so many times, we're asking that question with a deeply embedded preconceived notion of what. Yes. True, Manoj. So true. You know that, like, statistics show or, or research more, I should say, that most adults stop listening about halfway through every sentence because we are so sure we're so busy thinking about our answer mm -hmm. instead of being in the moment and listening. And I think that's one of the gifts improv gave me is that we rarely yeah. as adults are in the moment. We're, we're always thinking of other stuff and, and the gift of utterly being released from the future and the past and having to be right there because I had to, you have to listen that closely. It's actually pretty cool. Have you seen a change in the way men and women in business settings interact? I would say yes, and it's both. I think it's better and I think it's worse. Really? So, yeah. Give mm -hmm. us some. Yeah. So I think, I think it's better because 
very honestly, remotely in some ways, physically, uh, and this and this goes across genders, wherever you lean on the spectrum, is that some people by not being in the office are actually somewhat safer physically and even mentally, because I think it's harder for people to, the, the innuendos and things like that simply don't come across or people don't have time or it's, it's more locked up and there's always someone else watching in a sense. Uh, so, so there's that side. And then the other side is as we watch a ridiculously higher percentage of women leaving the workforce, um, many of the gains that we've had over the last few decades are utterly being lost because in this incredible crisis of family and illness and business, the people that are suffering are women who are like faced with impossible decisions. And they're like, well, I'll, I'll leave my job then because they, they don't have, they don't even have a daycare to lean on. They don't, they can't bring their elderly parent home to help because that's putting them at risk mm -hmm. and something's got to give. And it's usually the woman's career. So we're losing um, exponentially like four times as many women from the workforce right now uh, to, in order to care for all the stuff that has to happen. Not to mention that that's going to put the family then at risk because much, much less income that, that maybe before was sustained in other ways. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of answers to that. And if you want to talk about negotiations, negotiation specifically, I think that's, I think maybe we, maybe we should get together again. Oh, we are going to get together again, Karen. I, we want you back. I, it's always a very interesting conversation with you. Karen, Jordan, Tyler, I, I really appreciate all you guys taking the time to join us today. It was wonderful to have you. And um, thanks for all the great advice there, Karen. Happy holidays and a happy new year. Happy holidays.